0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome into episode 12 of the College Hockey Podcast. I'm Ezra Janello. It's unbelievable that we're at episode 12. Just the more we keep going. I, I didn't know what to expect from doing this. I'm having such a great time. People who I text to come on to the podcast, they seem to be having a good time coming on. We have an unbelievable interview. Not even an interview, it's a conversation. I hate using the word interview with this podcast because it's really not. just shooting the shit, talking about college hockey, talking about life, just having a good time. But we have a great conversation with Nolan Green from Framingham State. I've known him for the past couple years from his time playing juniors in Florida to now he's at Framingham State. He's in his senior year. We talk about the Mazcax decision to cancel the season for, or at least to cancel conference play this year um, and how that affected him and the boys. Um, And we also were going into the NEHC this week. The first half, originally I was going to only do... This week's episode, we're going to do all 10 teams, and we weren't going to put an episode out for next week, Thanksgiving week, but I decided 10, 10 teams in one episode might be a little long for the hockey talk. So five teams this week, five teams next week. We'll get it recorded. We have a, a great interview that's coming up for next week's episode. It's a pretty cool one. It's the first of its kind that we're getting here on the podcast. So uh, next week's going to be the second half of the NEHC, a cool little interview. This week, the first five teams from last year's standings, Norwich, Babson, Hobart, New England College, and UMass, Boston. And Norwich last year, they they did a lot. Um they they won the conference, of course. They had a 16-1-1 record. They they were gonna be one of the top seeds in the NCAA tournament. Overall, they went 24-2-2. The craziest stat, the craziest team stat for me is the 105 goals for to 24 goals against. It's an unbelievable, like, difference. They they didn't lead the conference in goals for. Obviously, they led the conference in goals against. But just the difference is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the fact that they were able to do that, it shows that they got it done on the offensive end, but they also got it done on the back end. And a lot of that has to do with Tom Auburn. He was a senior last year. He had 27 games played. Uh, just over 1,600 minutes in the crease. He held a 23-2-2 record. And nine six seven save percentage, just unbelievable. Thirteen shutouts, nine of which were in a row to end the season. The guy, well, he was the Division Three goalie of the year. I think that's the best way to put it. Is that that's how good of a goalie he was. He was the best goalie in Division Three college hockey last year. He's going to play in the AHL next year for the Rockford Ice Hogs, or this year, whatever it is. I don't know what's going on with the AHL or the East Coast League. Um, I barely know what's going on with the NHL. So. But either way, he's playing pro hockey in America, not even, like, the Fed. He's playing in the American League. Something you really like to see from players coming at this level. He was unreal last year. Another big part of their success last year for the, for the Cadets, Cam Ellsworth, their head coach, he was a Division III uh, Coach of the Year. He, he led this team from behind the bench, brought on the great things. They were going to go on a big run in Nationals at the National Championship it's it's tough. I mean everybody everybody who won their conference had a good shot at it, but Norwich I think had had one of the better shots at winning the title. Um, and it has to do with guys like Felix uh, Brassard. He's a junior last year, 31 points in 28 games on the offensive end, but also Gabriel Jacoin, a defenseman. He was a sophomore last year, 31 points in 28 games. He had 26 assists. Something I really like to see from defensemen. He knows how to move the puck, knows how to find open teammates. I'm sure if you looked at, at game film, he knows how to skate the puck and rush the puck and join the offensive rush. We also had Kobe Downs, a junior, who had 28 points, and Brett Outerkirk, who had 24 and 27 as a sophomore. And then, of course, two seniors, Tyron Lewis and Jordan Hall. 23 points for Lewis, 21 for Hall. And For me, it really means that the cadets they were getting success by committee. They had so many guys who were putting up a ton of points. They, they had Hall, Lewis, Outerkirk, Downs, Ja'Coin, and Brassard all above the 20-point mark. And then, of course, Ryan Boucher came in at 16. He was next. A Hebron Academy alum. Uh, he's actually cousins with one of my roommates, which is just, it goes to show how small the hockey world is. He went to high school with my brother, and, and now his cousin is my roommate, which is, is crazy to think about. But success by committee. And if I had to pick a team to win the national championship this year, if I'm, I'm putting my money on one team, it's Norwich. I think that if there's a national championship this year, it's going back to Vermont. It's going back to Norwich. And it's, it's a crazy thing to think because they, they just lost the Division Three goalie of the year. But that's where recruitment comes in. They're bringing in a guy who I don't know that you're going to fill that hole, but this guy's going to do a pretty good job of doing that, Drennan Atherton the last two years he was down in Connecticut at Sacred Heart University a division 1 program. He had one start in his two years there. He held a 938 save percentage and a 179 goals against average. So the fact that the guy played division 1 hockey it, it's a very good teller he's going to be very impactful for the Cadets this year. They're also bringing in a D3 uh, transfer from inside the conference, Michael Green. He played at the University of Southern Maine in the past two years. 19 points, 19 games played last year, 14 points 18 games played the year before that, 13 points. So the guy is not going to jump off the score sheet. He's not going to be crazy productive. But he can hold his own on the offensive end. And something tells me that he can hold his own on the defensive end. And the fact that he's 6'2", 209, he seems like he's a real 200-foot player. And, then of course, Kale List, a defenseman coming in from UMass Lowell. He's going to be a junior this year. Last year he got 13 games played. The year before that, four games played. Another one of these guys, you know he played Division I. He played a lot of games last year at 13 games played. He's going to bring a good impact to the Gaudets this year. Like I said, I think if there's one team that we're putting the money on to win the national championship, it's Norwich. Next up, we've got Babson, the Beavers. And it it really sucks because this team is such a good team. They were a very good team last year, 18-6-2 overall, uh, 13-4-1 in conference. But they, they're stuck behind Norwich. And Norwich, a perennial powerhouse. They are so good at hockey. Their rink buzzes. But then there's Babson. And Babson is right there. Like They're, they're such a good hockey team. Um, but they had a lot of production last year. They had Ryan Black, a sophomore, had 32 points and 26 games played. Matt Wisner, 27 and 25. Mike Egan, 26 and 25 and Wisner and Egan, by the way, they were sophomores also. So their top three point getters were all sophomores, all forwards. They also had Nick Rosa and Patrick Flynn, a pair of juniors, 22 and 21 points for them. And then of course, Ryan McDougal and Andrew Holland, two seniors, 19 and 18 in terms of points. So another one of these teams where their production isn't dropping off. Their, their top point getters, junior, junior, sophomore, 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 or, or Reverse that. Three sophomores, then two juniors in, in terms of their production. They've got so much production, and they're not even losing their starting goalies. They had a, a really a two-man tandem going last year. They split the time. 48.6% of the time they had Aiden Murphy in between the pipes, and 45.6% of the time they had Brad Arvantis in between the pipes, and then of course, they had the freshman Nolan Nolan Hildebrand, who had 5% of the time in between the pipes for them. They had success by committee in between the pipes. They had Success by committee in production on the offensive end. They're not losing a ton of seniors, if if a lot at all. I mean, they're losing Josh Beck, who was a forward. They're losing uh, Connor D- Dalman, who was a defenseman. Ryan McDoug- mcDougall, who was a senior. Like they're just they're losing not a lot, not a lot at all. So and Ryan Holland, by the way, Andrew Holland was a freshman. Um, I'm looking at college hockey stats sometimes. Things just, they merge together. I'm not wearing my glasses. You know. It's also Friday night, so I've got the drinks going. We're having a good time. It's the last weekend on on campus for Franklin Pierce. We're following protocols, but you can still have a good time off following protocols. (coughs) Either way, they're bringing in three bodies, one of which played prep school last year, Colby Bailey, a defenseman. They're also bringing in Gray Owens, a defenseman from the Connecticut Rough Riders, and Thomas Kramer, a forward from the Bonneville Pontiac. So. Babson, I think they're right up there. I don't know that they're the number one team in the conference, but I think Norwich and Babson, they repeat one and two just like a year ago. Next up, we have Hobart, the Statesman. Last year, they had a very good year. They finished third in the conference. They led the league, or they were tied in conference for the most goals for, with 116 goals for. They really knew how to put the puck in the pack of the net. Overall, they went 25-3. and in conference, they went 12-4-2. So another team. Again, it's tough when you have teams like Norwich and Babson in your conference. But this team is very, very good. They're very talented. I think they're going to find a lot of success this year. Um, in terms of what they're bringing in, they've got a couple of freshmen or first-year uh, students, I guess is what they call them at Hobart. Um, a defenseman from Moscow, Russia, Gagik Malikin. I don't know why he was the one that I chose to say his name. It's... Not an easy name to say, but he's six three two oh five, Big body on the defensive end. They also have Matthew Woth, 6'2", 190 on the back end. On the offensive end, Will Crane, uh, Christian Duvall, uh, Artem, Bozovariart. Uh, all these Ukrainian, Russian, just Eastern European names are, are horrendous to try and say. Um, but either way, they're bringing in a lot of bodies, they're bringing in a lot of success. And uh, I think they're going to go on a on a pretty decent run. They're not bringing in any goalies, but that's all right. It's not something you need to, need to do when, when you keep to keep both your your guys. Last year, Joe Hallstrom was in the pipe, in the crease for 65% of the time. He had a 12-3-3 record. He was a sophomore last year, so he's got two more years of eligibility. And Liam Laskell, who played the other 34% of the time, and, and he held an 8-0 two record. So this team, they're very talented. They're very good. I want to see them get a lot of success, but at the same time, you've got Norwich and Babson above you in the conference. It's just that the NEHC is just such a a talented conference. It's so hard to find success at at the top end. I mean, you got to be better than than some of the best in the country. Next up, we've got New England College. Uh, One of the schools I almost went to, New England College, believe it or not, Um, when I applied to schools when I was a senior in high school. Obviously, I was playing junior hockey, and I was going to continue doing that until I got hurt. So it was very late. I applied to schools. Not a lot that had to require SATs or, or very good grades, but most importantly they had to have hockey so I could be around the program, be around the sport. Uh, it was something I wasn't willing to give up. New England College, they have a very good hockey program in the middle of, of the Northeast. Somewhere somewhere I, I envisioned myself going. And they, they have a lot of success up there in New England College. Seventeen wins, nine losses one tie 110 goals for on the season a year ago in conference 12 6 and 0 so a good school out there at NEC um, last year just to, to put in perspective for for me at least as to how good they were they played St. Anselm and Assumption to start the season they beat St. Anselm 4 to 1 a non-playoff team in the NE10 and they lost 4-3 to Assumption uh, obviously, one of if not the best team in the ten last year. Uh, they lost to Fitchburg State, so, so we see these teams that they played against. That that I know down in this area that I got to see play against. I mean, they they smoked Plymouth State seven to four. They had a, a tough three game losing streak, but two of those games were Castleton, uh, were were Norwich and Babson. So it's just NEC. I'm I'm going on about them. I kind of lost my train of thought about ten minutes ago, but. They had a lot of success last year. They are bringing in so many players. Zach Nelson, Eric Lester, EJ Miller, Justin Renzi, Daniel McGeever, Tucker Zvartowski, Anthony Sinto, Kai Tomita, who's, by the way, Japanese, TJ Dugan, Cormac Hayes, Linus Helgren, hellgren uh, who's uh, Swedish, but they're also losing a couple guys, uh, Carlos Fonaris, Uh, who we'll go into, he was their leading point getter last year. He's going to go play in the East Coast League with the Wheeling Nailers. They're also losing two forwards to go play pro in Europe, Uh, two Swedish guys. But Kai Tomita, a goalie, he played for the Pittsburgh Vengeance last year uh, in the USPHL uh, Premier. He played one game. He had a 9.75 save percentage. He had a 1.0 goals against average. He played, obviously, for Team Japan in the World Junior Championships in the U18 division, um, where he had two games played, a 7.67 save percentage, and a 6.77 goals against average. So, this guy, he's the real deal. We had a kid, Wei Wu, on my junior team when I played in the, e- in the EHL. Uh, he played for Team China. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, he ended up not being that great. I think he kind of like flaked out half of the season, and, and he played prep school at Hun. Uh, if you're from New Jersey, you, you know what Hunt is, the, the Hunt School of Princeton. But it's always cool to see those international players come in and, and do their thing in America and see if they, they continue up the ranks of pro leagues and and, and playing for their country. But you mentioned Carlos foranis uh, Foran- however you say it. He's a senior last year, 26 games played, 42 points. One of, if not the best player, best forward in the NEHC last year. He's going to go play in the East Coast League next year. But he was right. He was joined by Nikita Pintasov, a sophomore, 41 points and 27 games played. They also had another sophomore, Connor Inger, who had 29 and 26. So, again, these teams in the NEH, especially these top teams, they're not relying on just one guy. They're not relying on their top point getter to carry them through the entire year. Obviously, when you have a duo like they have, it, it makes it a whole lot easier. And when you have, like, the best goal in Division Three college hockey, that definitely makes your life a little easier. But these teams, they find success through through committee. You're not relying on one guy. You don't have that pressure that you have to perform every single game that sometimes players crumble under that pressure and sometimes players thrive under that pressure. But these guys, they, they take the pressure off. They, they find a way to, to win even when their, their star player is not on their game. Um, they did have a senior goalie last year who played 95% of the games, 95% of the time in between the pipes. It was Anthony Puplo. He had just over 1,500 minutes in the crease, 16-9-1 record. They also had Spencer Kozlowski. He had two games played, a 1-0-0 record, nine four one 4 state percentage. So whether Kozlowski gets to net or we, we see it go to the freshman, uh, Tomita, we're not sure. But either way, I think they're going to have a pretty good year next year, New England College Pilgrims. Last but certainly not least, and we're, we're kind of dragging on a little bit with the, with the hockey talk, UMass Boston. Last year, the Beacons, I think that's what they are. Yeah, the, the Beacons, UMass Boston Beacons, 14-11-1 overall, 116 goals for, 82 goals against, and then 10-7-1 in conference. They had a pretty good year. Obviously, they didn't know how to put the puck in the back of the net. They were tied for first in terms of goals for, uh, and they weren't on the the higher end for goals against. But I think their their difference is pretty close. I think when we talk about Skidmore next week, they were seventy seven and seventy. I think this is also a pretty close, uh, pretty close second. But New England, uh, New England, UMass, Boston. They're they're not losing a ton in terms of depth. I'm seeing a lot of freshmen on their roster, which is something that you like to see in terms of you get a team that's in the top five, the top half of their conference, and they're so young. that That's a very, very good thing. You like to see something you like to see. I mean, I know um, Nick DeLuso is there. I played in a tournament with him. I, I stunk in the tournament. But Nick DeLuso, he seemed like he was a very good player. He was playing in the NA the year after I played. He played with the Armarello Bulls uh, while he was playing with the Little Flyers. But Daniel Knobacker, knockbar. Uh, He was a senior last year, their leading point getter, 29 points in 25 games. They also had Nick Albano, a junior defenseman who had 28 points, seven goals, 21 assists. I love those defensemen that can find their way into the offensive end. And then, of course, Nolan Redler, a senior, he had 27 points. And Chris Peters, a sophomore, he had 27 points. So, again, so many players above 20 points. It's unbelievable. And it's just it's crucial when you want to win – is what sets the great teams apart from the good teams. When you have that many point getters and that many guys that you can rely on to get points, it, it just it takes that pressure off. In between the pipes, though, they are losing their their starter. It was kind of even, but Bailey McBurney. He had forty five percent of the time in between the pipes. He had thirteen games played, a nine oh eight save percentage. He held a seven six and zero record, just about five hundred. The team wasn't exactly five hundred, but they weren't. Too far away from it. Sam Best was the the backup. He was a freshman last year, thirty six percent of the time in between the pipes. And then of course Nolan Egbert, the sophomore, he had six games played, seventeen percent of the time in between the, in the crease. So that it's just success by committee, and that's I think the the phrase of the of the week for the college hockey podcast is when when you recruit players and you you get teams going, it really can't just be that one guy. I mean, here we had. Um, Alex Lester at Franklin Pierce, but it wasn't just Alex Lester. Alex Lester was complimented by Chris Stevenson and Jimmy Morrissey, who, who supported him and helped him get the points. And now it's Chris Stevenson. We're looking is it going to be Anthony Nicolopoulos, who's going to be his support crew? That way all the pressure is not just on that one guy. But that's going to do it for the Hockey Talk this week. We've got an absolute unreal uh, conversation with Nolan Green from Framingham State. I think I mentioned this in the beginning. The song that we played was called Fun and Games to start the podcast episode, and that's exactly what Nolan is. He's fun and games. He's an absolute character. Love talking to him. I'm sure he's going to be coming back on the podcast in the future, but Nolan, we're going to send it to you. So today's guest is an absolute character on and off the ice at Framingham State in the Massac. Now in his senior year, he spent three years prior as a member of the Florida Eels playing in 79 games. In three seasons, from Quissy, Massachusetts, and I'd be remiss if I didn't start out this interview with a yo, boss, Nolan Green. What's up, dog?
1: Yo, boss, how's it going, Ezra? Good
0: I'm doing pretty good. Oh, I love talking to you. There's, there's no one. At, maybe Siegs. Siegs is a pretty, pretty cool guy. <laughs> He's
1: hilarious. He's hilarious too. You got to get him on here. He's oh got too God. much lingo.
0: It's, it's, it's so great in the New York accent. But
1: yeah, there's no one. There's it's no one.
0: No one I'd rather talk to at Framingham State. No one
1: like there's, hey, there's no one at Franklin Pierce I'd rather talk to than you. So oh yeah, sounds like good. Good uh, matchup.
0: Yeah, uh, but let's get let's get right into it. Where did yo boss come from? Cause Mike legit spent one semester at Framingham, and and he comes home and all these yo boss everything yo boss. What 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 is it?
1: That was uh, I don't know if you know the guy Ed Bassmaster on YouTube, but uh, a couple kids like loved them at school. I didn't even I didn't even heard of them. So I followed my on Instagram because everyone was talking about him. And he doesn't even say it that much. He said it in one video. He just said, yo, boss. And then I forget what he said after, but, like, a couple of kids started saying it. And then all of a sudden, everyone started saying it. And it was just, like, just, like, a stupid thing. Like, it wasn't – it was between, like, me, Hamner, and Jack Pearson. And then all of a sudden, everyone started saying it. And what is it, four years later almost, and everyone still says it. So, yeah, literally it was just a one-time Instagram story from that guy, Ed Bassmaster took on a life of its own
0: that's hilarious jackie yeah, p huh funny. jack pearson
1: yeah and hamner hamner was kind of the, the main guy he introduced me to to him and then since then he's he's always saying it.
0: it it seems like it's a massachusetts kind of thing i mean you got so many just like little lingo things going on up here just yo boss fits in
1: yeah it does right i know a lot of kids probably thought that me and hamner got it from like someone local but yeah it was just that i don't know where that guy's from but doesn't seem like he's from up here
0: and and you're from massachusetts quincy massachusetts growing up in the area
1: big hockey area
0: uh did you know you're playing hockey like from a young age just straight away Uh, yeah
1: like when i was i think i started in second grade like obviously i played soccer and like baseball and t-ball and stuff but right right when i started playing hockey i was kind of obsessed with it and uh it's been my main sport since you know i can even remember probably third fourth grade it's been my go-to so yeah Spent my whole life basically.
0: Oh, it's it's easily the best of, of the three sports you mentioned. I mean, baseball is pretty sick, but it's not hot. Huh? Yeah,
1: and I wasn't very good at the other two, or I wasn't good at basketball. I wasn't good at any of that. So too skinny to play football. So hockey was perfect for me.
0: And in the net too. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have to worry about getting hit. you a character. I mean, that's that's goalies right there.
1: I know. Am I weird because I'm a goalie, or am I you know a goalie because I'm weird? Who, who's to say? But uh, it seems like every other goalie is pretty weird. So. Yeah, you might just have something. It was being a goalie,
0: um, but but Quincy, Mass, big hockey area. Uh, then you went to Florida, kind of uh, a change up there. You're, you're hockey central. It's snowing by two weeks before Thanksgiving, middle of November, and then now you're going to the beach pregame playing for the Eels in uh, in Fort Myers. What what pushed you down to go and uh, go so far away from home for juniors?
1: Yeah, in hindsight, kind of a crazy move, but uh, at the time, I I didn't know anything about like what to do after high school, where to play, who to talk to about knowing where to play at all. And uh, <clears throat> a guy I skated with growing up had a bunch of connections in Florida and he was like, hey, you should, you should take this up. They, they uh, put a lot of kids in school and I looked at the track record, especially at goalies. And it was like the past like eight goalies they had all went to school. And uh, I was like, I mean, it seems like a good opportunity Hindsight probably would have got more looks if I went up here, but uh, I had a blast down there. I definitely don't regret it at all. Still ended up playing college hockey, so it worked out. But uh, yeah, it was just a connection from a guy I knew growing up and uh, put me in contact with the GM down there.
0: And so Frank Sr. is the GM. Frankie yeah. is the coach, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And was he, was Frankie the coach when you got there in uh, 15, 16? Or 14, yeah, Frankie or was, was. Frankie's
1: my coach all three years. And um, yeah. He was real young, too, when we first, like, I guess you don't realize because I was young at the time, but he was young. It was his, I think it was his first year of being the head coach, and um, it was awesome being with him for three years and just seeing him, you know, transform, good, become a better coach over the three years with some good teams. And uh, it, was, it was awesome just to grow with him as a coach, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, an unreal organization. I mean, they, they let me come play. I played in the, in the USPHL Spring Showcase with them mm-hmm. one year. And they offer me a contract to come down. They're like, like yeah. Mike played here, you can play here. I mean, we know who you are. You're part of the family. Just on, I mean, it really is just yeah. an unreal organization. They look out for the no, players. They're,
1: they're awesome. They and ever they treat everyone like a family too. Like uh, a lot of the kids, a lot of people who you bill with down there are kids uh, play on the team, playing the younger team. So it's like one big family, and uh, they do a good job making sure everyone's included. And you know, you feel at home. And it never, never was homesick when I was down there. Obviously, it's easy not to be homesick when you're on the beach, but uh, they uh, they treated me really well, and I know we treated all the other kids I was with as well.
0: Was that a move? Was going to the beach post-game or pre-game uh,
1: Sort of. I mean, it was kind of stunk. Sunday afternoons was big beach because uh, we'd play Saturday nights, and then we'd play Sunday mornings. So you didn't want to go on Saturday before the game, and then you play Sunday morning at like 10 o'clock, finish up around 1230. Sun doesn't set till six. So prime time to go to the beach from, you know, two thirty back to five, play beach volleyball all day. It's a pretty easy way to shake off a big loss or celebrate a big win. So either way, you're pretty happy on Sunday night when you're to the beach with all your friends for a couple hours.
0: That's the life, huh?
1: Oh yeah. It was, it was awesome. I mean, And they- it was one of those things like, I was like, I'm never going to be here again. I knew I was, I know I'm going to live in Massachusetts the rest of my life. So I really made sure to take advantage of uh, the time I spent down there.
0: And so you came back to Massachusetts for school. So you just mentioned you you knew like living in Florida wasn't going to be a thing that you have for long. Did you know you wanted to go to a school in this area of the Northeast right from the beginning? Or is it something where you got to your age out year, Framingham started talking to you a little bit and you, you kind of found your way back home.
1: I kind of always knew I'd want to be up here for school, like especially in and around the Boston area. Um, Just, you know, going away was, was a uh, nice meeting new people. You know, I'd only really known kids from the Boston area before and meeting people from all over, but you know, I didn't want to go somewhere out West or anything. I, w- I knew that I'd want to be around here. Um, just it's easy being close to home when I need groceries, laundry, stuff like that. But yeah, kind of the whole time that I was down there, I knew that I'd want to go to school, you know, in Massachusetts or, you know, Hampshire, Rhode Island, somewhere pretty close by. So it was kind of an easy decision to, look at schools around here.
0: In that age out year, of course, Framingham State, they started talking to you. You had a pretty good year down in Florida. It was 16, 17. You played in the elite division of the USPHL. 30 starts, a save percentage above 9, 900. Like, was it just going for you? You knew you were going to get looks. You knew you were going to go play college hockey at the next level, and you just were having a good time?
1: Yeah, it was, we, I, I'd i seen uh, the goalies that were ahead of me the two years prior, or kids I split time with as well, that all they all went to school. So I knew that schools be watching. I just knew that I needed to play well. And um, we had a really good team too. We had uh, I think like eight of us ended up going to school and um, we had a lot of really good forwards and not say we didn't have good D we had good D but we're more of like an offensive team. So I had a lot of, a lot of shots, a lot of chances to make, you know, solid saves, big saves and showcase my ability. So um, yeah, I just, you know, the beginning of the year wasn't that hot, but, you know, once I got rolling, I continued to play well and we had a good team. So they made it easy on me.
0: Did you, uh, did you start that Hampton roads playoff game?
1: I did. Yeah. That was still a heartbreaker. Me, Mike, and, uh, Kozak who all three of us go to school here. We're all on that team. We still talk about that, uh, (laughs) all the time. That sucked pretty bad. I mean, it
0: was, (laughs) it was electric though.
1: No, yeah, it was not. That was, that was one of the most fun games I ever played in and, uh, just people who are listening. We were up two-one uh, with like the whole third period left, and they were definitely a better team than us. And they are just attacking us all over us, and we held the fourth down to like a minute left. They tie it up with a minute left, and then with like three seconds left, uh, crazy bounce in front of the net, and they scored. They take the lead, and I uh, obviously won the game. So that one hurt pretty bad, and uh, we still laugh about it now. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was a tough one for sure.
0: Yeah, Mike didn't have a very good play in the third period, I heard. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he... I got to put it out there.
1: But yeah, they, they're no, like the, the... people, the people, they, the people are all thinking it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. They're, they're like the Plymouth State of the USPHL, right? I mean, I, I walked into the building for the game and there were kids wearing like Hampton Roads Juniors jerseys. Like they auction yeah. off game worn jerseys from the players. They do the same thing that Plymouth State does. That's just like, that's tough. But yeah. I mean,
1: they, they had a, they had a packed house too. They had little kids like on the ice? Us, calling us, calling us losers. And like, I remember after we lost that first game, they all like put their hands up for high fives. and I went to high five them and they just like put the hand down on me. Like maybe look like an idiot. And like, I was in a pretty bad mood and that just made me gig a little bit. And I'm like, all right, this little eight-year-old got me like, I'm, I'm a loser. But yeah, they, they, they always, you know, was a sick program. They have tons of people there and uh, a great rink. So yeah they know how to do it right down there for sure
0: and then you mentioned of course mike he was on the team with you Coase, he was on the team with you you come up to yep. framingham um what was it like the transition i mean you're obviously you're coming back home you're back in massachusetts you're, you're playing for a school that's not too far away what was it like
1: i was awesome i was i was pumped to get here my freshman year i already knew mike which was good and um all the hockey kids we we're all in the same dorm I live next to two kids, uh, Soren and Ryan Paul, and then everyone else in the dorm. So we all became friends real fast, and we had a blast. Even before the season started, we were all – all the freshmen were really close. and um, So it was awesome. Uh, definitely no complaints about any of that. We uh, – yeah, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought, but <laughs> – Oh, <No>, hey, <laughs> yeah, that it was, it was, No, it was good to be home. And I was, I was going to say, uh, especially because I'm close by, there were a few people who I knew were, who were grades older than me, that went here. So made transition a little easier. Like already knowing some people seeing people around campus that I do. So that made it a, uh, made it a little easier too.
0: And if I, if I remember correctly, the like Frankie was big on getting you guys back into the classroom before you went to college, right? Like you guys had, to. he do was, like I didn't, freshman. I
1: didn't, which I regret. I wish I could have done that and taken a few less classes, but a lot of kids did. And like kids would take only three classes a semester as a result, which was definitely beneficial for them. But uh, I was stupid and didn't listen to him. Yeah, it you know, sucks, it's but- especially when I was down there. I'm like, I don't really feel like taking going in person and taking classes somewhere when I could just be playing street hockey with my friends in Florida, you know.
0: Going to the beach, playing beach volleyball.
1: Right. Yeah, like and some kids would miss doing that to go to school and I was like, Wow, I don't want to be that kid. Yeah, that's hindsight. Probably would have been the responsible decision, but you know, I'm happy with the way it went.
0: It's junior hockey. Like it's not the time for yeah. responsible decisions. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But so obviously on the ice, we don't got to talk about on the ice. Uh, I mean, not not the greatest track record the past three years, but off the no, ice, definitely. you guys are hands down the best team in the mask hack. Uh <laughs> You guys are so close; it's so tight knit. I mean, Indian Head seems to be hockey central for you guys. Yeah. Um, your your captains made it very clear that's like anybody has a problem, anybody wants to talk, anybody needs a fucking bed to sleep in and then heads open. Like that's the kind of team that you guys have that the kind of leadership that you and your, your cl- senior class has been running. Um, has it been like that for all four years?
1: Uh, sort of like to me, uh, coming in the older kids, they're like nice to us, but they're a little like more hands off. Like if we needed something, they would help us, but they like weren't going to go out of their way to like, you know, be like absolute beauties, which is understandable. You're older or whatever. But I think a lot of kids, I wasn't really one of them, but a lot of kids got robbed the wrong way and didn't get treated properly. So I think, like, we as a class, I think there was, like, I think eight of us left, and uh, I think we, like, kind of made it a big thing to make sure that we're reaching out to the younger kids, being available to them, inviting them to parties, inviting them to lunch, to do whatever, just because I know a few kids, like, their freshman year sucked because kids, kids didn't treat them properly. So that's something we didn't even really, like, discuss It, it wasn't, like, a big, like – plan we had it's just kind of the way it worked out like we all made sure that we were welcoming to the younger kids and like uh, you talk to those kids now like kids who are sophomores juniors some of the freshmen who we don't know as well as a result of COVID but um, like the, I think they'd all say that they were treated pretty well coming in I know like Matt Irwin's a sophomore right now he hangs out with us all the time he knows it. he shows up to our house every Sunday morning pretty much hung over and just walks in with a coffee, sits on our couch, and just hangs out because he knows he's welcome. And uh, that's kind of the case. Everyone knows. My house, Indian Head, they can just show up, whatever, whatever they need. They're always welcome. So I think that's uh, that's one of the things that's been the best about school for sure is just having a tight-knit group who, if we're doing something on a Friday, everyone's there, you know. We've had a blast like that.
0: And, I mean, like going back to freshman year, it's been – Tough in terms of like injury bug, right? So your freshman year, you had like a, a hernia?
1: I had a, uh, so my appendix burst, but uh, like I didn't, I thought it was a stomach ache and I went to the hospital like way later than I should. So like there was a bunch of infections and complications. So I was out for like three months. So that year is basically a wash, which sucked. I probably should. if I went to the hospital 12 hours earlier, I would have been fine in like two weeks. But, you know. We so get for trying to be tougher than in a burst, appendix, I guess. Oh yeah,
0: and then <laughs> and then last year you tore your ACL.
1: Uh yeah, or MCL. MCL. Yeah, my MCL. MCL. Yeah, that was like, uh, like right after our first game, like third practice of the year or whatever it is. Yeah, tore my MCL, and like, that was a pretty big bummer because I was really felt good about where I was and thought I was gonna have a big year with me and Greg splitting time. Prefer, but you know. Blake would have been involved too, but I knew I would have played some games and gotten some good burns. So I was really excited. And that was a big time bummer just to be sidelined almost right when the season started, you know?
0: But that, I mean, that's what Framingham offers is, is like that tight knit group. I mean, you, yeah, you weren't absolutely. playing, but you were still there. You, like you mentioned, you knew you had something to do Friday nights, Saturday nights. You had your built-in best friends on campus with
1: you. Mm-hmm. And, and like everyone, like, obviously I was hurt and everyone like would be sad if someone was hurt, but like, Every single person in the locker room came up after. I gave me a hug, you know, and told me to be all right. First day I come in on crouches, everyone gave me a hug, coming over to me, being a beauty, like, on campus, whatever I need. I'd drive my car to the bottom of the hill. Someone come pick me up, driving to class. Then after class, drive me back to my car. Like, everyone pitched in. It was awesome to me. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of hockey kids who would do the same, but everyone here absolutely, like, made sure that I was taken care of, which was awesome, and uh, just a testament to, like, quality of kids and guys that we have
0: it. I mean, it, it's an unreal organization, organization, yeah, school yeah, team, so whatever it is. Um, I would say
1: the like just like the culture, I know, like, yeah, like as far as hockey goes, like, you know, sometimes not the most organized and not the best seasons while I've been here, but I can't like, I think a lot of other places, if we had losing seasons like that, I would be miserable. And like, you know, there's obviously tough days when we're losing, but we I've had a blast. I know, every kid in my classes would say the same thing that we're glad he went here. We've had an absolute time and have some great friends to show for it as well.
0: And obviously like, all right, last year four, 18 and three overall, but you guys were a game out of playoffs. Like you guys like kind of turned it on. It might not seem like that on paper, but if you were around during the season, like you knew, like the gelling started to happen, the, the communication between the players and the coaches were getting, was getting better. It was, it was becoming a better season as time went on. And then, it came down to that last game. You guys had to win. You needed some other team, I think Worcester state to lose. Yeah. You guys won. Uh, I mean, was it just unreal getting towards the end of the season? You had like the, the, the moods off the ice, but you're also were finding little bits of success on the ice.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, cause obviously we've struggled, you know, a good deal. And at the end of the year, I think we finished like two, one and two or something. So like, we were like, just everything was connected. Everything was going well. And, um, couple like tough losses too like in there like you know just get the goal score on us late with three minutes left or something like a yeah. couple games that easy get flipped the other way obviously like everyone can say things like that but you know we were playing much better and we were in games way more than we had been in the past and um, yeah I think it would have uh it was a lot of fun like even though I wasn't on the ice it was a lot of fun to just see like everything turn around and to see how things were trending towards the future like a few kids didn't ended up like quitting throughout the year. And we had like a, a, a solid core who was every single person would have been back besides uh, Greg, uh, who's one of the goalies yeah. and, uh Sheehan and w- Williams. But uh, basically, yeah, we were, we were pumped about how it was going to go forward and we thought we we're gonna have a good year this year, but obviously COVID got in the way, but yeah, I think that's just a, at least that's the last memory as far as hockey is like ended on a positive note. We had a good team or, we finished as a good team, much stronger team than we started with. So I think that's um, that was one of the one of the highlights as far as hockey goes for me, for sure.
0: And I mean, obviously, like it's a lot more fun being up at, at Indian Head with the pool and all that stuff. But <laughs> the the fact that Mike spent the entire summer, even even like April and May after school got shut down, everything was online. Um, you you I think were at home, right? You didn't stay at, at school. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: I went home, but uh, a few kids did stay.
0: Um, but you obviously were hanging out. You guys were doing, like, the whole street hockey, rollerblade. and
1: like, Yeah, all the time. Like I, I was, like, from home. I was working a uh, virtual, so, like, Tuesday afternoon or something, what I didn't do, I'd come down, we'd all play street hockey and jump in the pool after. It's, like, it was the best, you know? And it it's, like, one of those things we knew. We weren't going to have a house with a pool the year after, so, like, everyone wanted to take full advantage of it. So, you know, the second there was an option to go hang out, and play street hockey, and then go swim after. Obviously, you're going to take that every time, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Washi, he, he was buzzing around playing that, yep. that roller
1: hockey. Fuck, he was flying. I, I forgot you were there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah you. I mean, if we oh. want to talk about Mike and street hockey, like, <laughs> were you, were you, I don't know. you weren't
0: there the day you screamed at me, were you? Uh, no, day. but
1: I, I've heard about it a hundred times, oh, that, and God. I've gotten screamed at like that playing playing. NHL playing ping pong, playing Beard Eye, he, the most competitive kid in the world, freaking out. It's like, Mike, come on. We're just having fun here. But I guess losing isn't fun to Mike Janello. So.
0: No, he, <laughs> he hates it. But I've been doing it with him for 20 years. So
1: Yeah, um, who am I to tell you? You know how it goes.
0: But Eric Walsh, I mean, I think he epitomized you. You mentioned the future and the core comeback. And, and that kid worked so much harder than anybody I've ever seen. Um, we'd show up to go play roller hockey and he was already on the tennis courts. Like he was, he had the, the stick handling drill set up. He was out there doing it. And then we'd leave, we'd go back to Indian head and he'd stay and he'd he'd continue with stick handling. And it it really looked like it was going to be a good season this year for you guys.
1: Absolutely. And I think kind of like I was saying earlier, like we, we kind of like had been meshing as a group much better at the end of that year. Just, we knew who was going to be back. There was no uncertainty. And we're all excited about it. And um, we kind of made sure that like, we always got along well, but like off the ice, like some hard work, not to say like kids are lazy, but there was some like stuff where like people wouldn't be doing the right things off the ice or just like not taking care of their bodies. And I think like we kind of nipped that in the butt uh, last year. And then coming into this year, everyone, you know, was in great shape. Even with the COVID going on, we've been working out a ton as a team. And I think everyone was really like, focused on one goal as opposed to before, you know, you have your goals, obviously you want to win, but like there's not one set goal. And I think this year everyone really had the same mindset as far as just winning as a team. You know, we knew we had like, this is our biggest senior class we've had. I don't even know how long, but by the time I was here, I think we had like four seniors one year, two seniors or no, we had one senior my sophomore year and then three last year. Yeah. So it was like, it's kind of crazy. It's just, you don't have like that senior leadership, obviously you had kids like Sheen who had been around and can help the younger kids, but not like a core. And this year we had a real core. So we were excited to uh, get it going. Obviously it sucks that it ends like that, but uh, you know, you kind of had to see a trend in that way. So I don't think anyone was too like, you know, shocked, but we definitely, uh, we definitely would have liked one more chance to really turn things around and just compete, especially make a playoff game. I think that was like our main goal throughout the, four years was to be in the playoffs win a playoff game and i think everyone's pretty bummed that we know we're not get that opportunity
0: it's it's crazy to think about the turnaround because the, the the senior core goes back to angers uh he was the head coach you yeah. guys came in and then he kind of left a year or two into it he didn't get to see it through and now i think if the guy was still there what what would happen is is the would the continuation of the turnaround be better would you guys have have been at a different point than you are now, but the goal is there. You guys were looking like it was it was gonna be a good season in the MASCAC. Horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Especially for a state conference. You guys are all regional, the schools. The farthest you have to go is from the state, and they say, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna do any conference games. You can do it on your own, but we're not gonna do any conference games. And we all know like it's not gonna yeah. happen. Like no, that's it's, it's a bummer so for sure. horrendous.
1: But, especially when you, like, not to, like, complain. I know it's a pandemic. It's like, I'm not going to be that kid. But just stinks, like, especially, like, you know, juniors are playing and, like, high schools finding a way to play and stuff. Would have liked, like, the opportunity. And if it didn't work out, then so be it. But tough to just end, you know? Yeah. Uh, on a Instagram post from the league. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tough waking up in the morning. I can just see an Instagram post from Maskech. i like, all right, well, there goes the career, you know?
0: But so you guys are still chilling out. I mean, obviously you're in quarantine now. That sucks. Yeah. Jack and Pete, nicest kid in the world, but I guess he can't stay away from COVID.
1: No, I know. I guess he got it at Planet Fitness. Brutal, dude. Jeez. jeez. Of all the places I get it, can't even get it doing something fun like at a party. You get it from Planet Fitness.
0: That's brutal. That
1: sucks. <laughs> not sucks. that, not that we're actually partying. No one's partying, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You want to, you want to get it from somewhere cool, not from Planet Fitness on an elliptical machine.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I mean, either way though, with with the exception of quarantine. You guys have been buzzing. You guys are having a good time. You're not letting the, the bad news bring you guys down. Has it been – I mean, obviously no partying and, and not a ton of social gatherings, but it's been a pretty good semester at Framingham for you guys?
1: Yeah, we've had a blast. We uh, we uh, It was weird at first because we didn't know what we were going to do like on the weekends. And then we kind of ended up like – each Saturday it's, it's been pretty nice over the most part aside from a few. And, like, we've been like, all right, let's, like, play a football game. So we'll have the whole – you know, a bunch of kids come and we'll all play football. We've played softball, like spike ball games and stuff like that. We all like, we've made a commitment to like meet up and have fun as opposed to just sit in our rooms like until nighttime, until like we can just sit on the couch and drink, which is obviously better to spend your days doing something with the with the boys. It's kind of tough like for the freshmen. I feel, I feel better for them because they come in and they're like, all right, I'm excited to be in school. Like, what's this all about? Like, I want to have fun. And then it's like, yeah, we're just going to like Hang out and play softball, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Keep it low key so we don't get COVID or get in trouble, you know. But um, I think we've all we've pretty pretty good amount of fun so far considering the situation. So a uh, little bit of golf simulator too. You have a golf simulator? Uh, we've been going. There's one we didn't even know. There's one right near the rink that uh, we've we discovered. Like I don't even know how we came across it, but it's like tucked in like this little like industrial part, like a warehouse. And um, we found it, and we've been going there on uh, Saturdays and a couple weekdays, and it's it's cheap. So we all we all go in there, we hit balls, and we play at Pebble Beach and you know all these nice courses, virtually. But it's a lot of fun. We've had a blast doing that.
0: Yeah, Mike was telling me there's a course that's like down the road, 20, to, 20 bucks if you have a college ID. It doesn't matter what college, as long as you have a college ID, it's twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, it's a steal.
0: Oh my god, I'd play it every day of the week.
1: Kids are always playing. I need, I need, I was born one of my buddy's clubs. He was in a, he was in Japan. He was in the Navy and he came back. So I had to give his clubs back. So now I'm like clubless after oh, having geez. his clubs for two years. So I got to figure out a new set so I can get back in the, back in the uh links.
0: That's insane. I mean, golf simulator, you can do it in the winter, obviously the northeast. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: And I, we haven't today. been in a few weeks, but the lady said, once it gets cold, it's packed with people. I'm sure. Cause like, I don't know, there's nothing else to do and framingham in the middle of february so i'm sure that i'm sure people are all over it so i'm sure we'll start going back more once the weather uh, gets a little worse
0: you got to be thankful you you could be in uh you you could be in in range new hampshire i
1: know seriously
0: february there's nothing to do in Ringe, new hampshire there's plenty to do Uh, in framingham mike's texting me by the way now he's really on top of it he goes you you said you were bringing nolan on this week not tonight the episode (laughs) goes up tomorrow so it'd be kind of hard to bring him on
1: he texted me, he said, Are you gonna be a serious guy or a funny guy? And I'm like, I didn't know I had to make a decision prior to the uh the meeting, Mike. I just was gonna be normal.
0: Yeah, he goes, Oh, you can get some you get some good Mike stories out of him.
1: I don't think any are appropriate for the pod. I mean,
0: the he, he's an unreal kid. He's so yeah. nice. We're like like I had a call with, with that guy from the NHL and he goes, Come yeah. sit, come sit, because we have awful star reception here in Ringe. Goes, come sit at our kitchen table, and you can do the call there. Uh, so you just I, came
1: down and called him?
0: Oh yeah, and, that's and awesome. I, I sat at the kitchen table, or like back in April when I was bored out of my mind at home. He said, "Come spend a week," and I come spent a week up uh, hanging out with the yeah. guys, met the girls. Like freshman year, when I when I turned eighteen on my eighteenth birthday, I was I was hanging out. I was at the women's lacrosse house with you guys. That was a fun night. You
1: were killing it that night. <laughs> that,
0: oh jeez, that was. That was <laughs> It was an electric night.
1: And then it, hey, it was electric to say the least.
0: Uh, Mike wasn't too happy with it. Mike wasn't too I happy. I think
1: everyone with it. else was happy with it besides Mike. So you, you're you a crowd pleaser.
0: But I mean, the sad part is, is, is how can Mike be unattractive and I
1: be attractive
0: <laughs> if we look exactly the same? Like it's, it's bad re- thinking on my part.
1: And uh, it, it was, it was all right in the moment. I don't think I, I never even thought of it that way. Actually, that's hilarious that you just said that. Because I never even like thought like that, but now, yeah, you you did call him ugly and you look just like him. So Yeah.
0: I, and and it, it I kind of feel bad for people listening. They don't know what happened. I literally got stupid drunk and went up to this girl who Mike was, he was telling me all about this girl. And I mean, she's kind of hot. I don't know if Kose is still dating her, but. Um,
1: <laughs> he is, but yeah, we'll call her hot. She's a nice girl.
0: She's, she actually, she's a really nice girl. She says hi to me every time I come down, every time yeah, I am at the no, games. she's the best. Um. But I went up straight, like dead drunk, and it was like, "You think Mike's attractive? He's fucking <laughs> ugly. He's, I think, called hideous." I think I think, I think no you said,
1: f- "Fucking hideous" was the quote I believe you said.
0: Yeah, I, it, uh, he was not happy. My no, night was over not. after that. But then, the kind of kid Mike is is, I'm I'm right back a year later. We're going to uh, what's what's the bar we went to?
1: Ah, oh, uh, I don't know if we went to Angry Hams or if you were at. um
0: it's the one it's the get... hibachi one i think
1: oh yeah samba, samba samba yeah 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 i remember that now so that so was that was a riot
0: mike's mike's the, the kind of kid where he's he's nice he'll bring me down to samba and he'll get sneak me you up
1: to the over 21 section
0: oh yeah and then he'll he'll make out with two girls and i'll have to uber myself back to your dorm
1: <laughs> probably the only two girls I've ever made out with
0: <laughs> yeah he comes back he's like he's like oh i can't upset this other girl like I've got someone I'm like Mike, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, you just made your little brother Uber by himself back to your dorm room because you were playing tonsil hockey at the bar. But you know, I'm I'm forever grateful. Hey, that. he
1: had he had bigger fish to fry than, than you getting home that night.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he's he's nice. Grace was there by the way. Super nice. Said <laughs> hi to me, told me I'm my favorite Chanelo.
1: That's it. It's one of the easier things to accomplish.
0: Uh, it, maybe besides uh, your dad. Oh, Dom G. He's an abs- he's a g he's, he's he is
1: a le- legend of the game legend
0: but did you play did you play for him with the
1: outlaws uh no i didn't but uh mike mike told me all about it talking about different stories him on the bench just being nuts yeah. not not in a bad way in a good way obviously
0: it, it's so crazy he never played hockey growing up but he's still got this like hockey knowledge where he knows i mean he's just a and i feel like your game.
1: dad's just like outspoken or not outspoken like uh, well-spoken and like confident so it's just like that guy probably knows what he's talking about yeah i mean pretty, and that,
0: like that kind of brushes off on mike i think mike's a pretty well-spoken kid
1: yeah definitely he I... carries himself well I, i'll probably i'm sure i'll be coaching hockey someday but... oh yeah
0: i mean i think he wants to next year so what are you what are you talking about what are you doing next year i know mike wants to try and play hockey somewhere coach hockey stay in the sport are you looking i know you're a finance major at framingham or are you looking to just hockey's done you you might coach a little on the side or is it
1: uh yeah i'm probably i'm definitely done playing i don't know coaching like i'm maybe something down the road but right now i kind of just want to focus on like working i have an internship i've been doing and uh i probably end up doing that just as a job get my feet wet in like the finance industry so um yeah probably just end up doing that probably put hockey in the back burner for a little while and um i can see myself coaching when i'm older maybe i have kids or something coach in the high school team Okay. But uh, right now, it's probably it's probably just uh, sell my hockey equipment and get some golf stuff. <laughs> oh,
0: there it is. That's 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 how you know it's over. Right? Is, is yeah, over. I know.
1: Seriously. And I won't I, actually sell it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'll probably just stick to golf and let my hips heal for a little while instead of beating on them anymore than I already have.
0: It's brutal. It's yeah, brutal. It makes me feel better. My, my gear has been sitting in the storage unit for the past six months. I don't think I've touched it. <clears throat> once i have my skates for reffing and that's it so
1: oh you need i'm i'm I was gonna say like you should just speak and like hips being banged up like after games like we're all like so old we're all 23 and like we're all just sitting in the locker room like paulie's shoulders are both messed up like he's got ice all over him like everyone's just like seagulls had a million concussions like he's <laughs> he's banged up everyone's just like i am so old like this is ridiculous i can't do this anymore so,
0: but then you we're like the one last guy. crack at
1: the can, but I think everyone's happy to be leaving in one piece and uh, no more major injuries for anybody.
0: That's the best thing in the world, Nolan. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man.
1: Absolutely, it was a blast. It was good catching up with you and uh, talking, talking a little crap about Mike behind his back. I'm sure he'll be listening and texting me the whole time.
0: Oh, I'm gonna get and, screamed uh, at. Yeah, whatever. That's screamed at, but it's all right, That's it's worth it.
1: Yeah, it's it's always worth it to read the shit on mike a little
0: bit oh yeah well listen i'm sure i'm gonna find my way back to Framingham by the end of the year of course as soon as you guys get out of quarantine so uh, i'll see you but again dude thank you so much for coming on hey
1: absolutely i'll see you in my basement soon enough we'll be ripping it up
0: oh yeah see you boss all right see you buddy big thanks to nolan for coming on to the podcast and, and having a conversation like i said he's an absolute character He's an unreal person to talk to, whether it's a yo boss or one of the thousands of phrases and, and things that he says. He just finds a way to be an entertainer in whatever room or situation he's in. He's an unreal dude. Like I said, I've, I've known him for a couple of years. I couldn't wait to get him onto the podcast. And it's going to be a great interview, a great conversation when we get uh, a couple of those Framingham guys onto the podcast. But that's going to do it for episode 12. I still can't believe we're at episode 12. It's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to keep going with it. Also can't wait for the season to start. But until then, this is the College Hockey Podcast.